You're listening to a presentation of The Rising. We're a real church for real people where you can belong before you believe. We're always honored to hear how God is working in your life through this ministry. If you have a story you'd like to share with us, hit us up at wearetherising.com or on Facebook or Instagram. Finally, if you'd like to invest in what God's doing through this church, you can always give online through our site. Thanks again for tuning in and get ready. Lean forward with an expectant attitude to hear a message from God's Word. You know, in 1984, the story broke of these two different tribes, the Ukes and the Zooks, who lived on opposite sides of a long, curving wall. And there was this tremendous battle that broke out between the two tribes. And the battle, it started small, but it escalated into an arms race where each tribe began crafting and developing more sophisticated weaponry to fight one another. And eventually, both tribes developed bombs and they were poised to attack, waiting to see which side would make the first move. And in the story, the reporter notes that there's a grandpa who was asked by his grandson, who's going to drop it? Will you or will he? And the story's reporter quoted the grandpa as saying, be patient. We'll see. We will see. See, when there's quarreling and fighting and division amongst nations and tribes and even people um, like like one-on-one it's always good to go back to the beginning and ask why why is this I mean what started this and 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 here's how how the animosity between the Ukes and the Zooks began it's because the Ukes wore blue clothes and the Zooks wore orange clothes also, the, the Ukes ate their bread with the butter side up and the Zooks ate their bread with the butter side down. So the weapons they developed to fight one another because of their differences were things like the triple sling jigger, the jigger rock snatch'em, and the kickapoo kid, which was loaded with powerful puadu powder and ants eggs and bees legs and dried fried clam chowder, and it was carried by a trained gun-toting spaniel named Daniel. <laughs> See, this whole incident that went down was known as the butter battle where the Ukes and the Zooks, because they wore orange or blue and ate their toast with the butter side up or down, allowed not just a wall to divide them, but their differences as well. And they decimated one another because of it. See, Dr. Soyce, and that's how you say it, Soyce, not Seuss, I know. (laughs) Dr. Soyce narrowed in on the division so many of us are prone to because we live in a sin-scarred world and he played out what being against looks like if it's taken to the extreme. He published the Butter Battle book the same year he turned 80 against the backdrop of the Cold War and the book was so controversial one Canadian library removed it from the shelves. Right, A kid's book shedding light on the destructiveness of division was controversial and removed. You know, over five years ago, uh, before my wife and I launched The Rising, the church where I'm the pastor, uh, I sat down to try and figure out what kind of church I was gonna lead. I, I, I knew that before we invited people to be a part of this church, this movement, we needed to know what we were inviting them to, and that's where our guiding values came from. See, see the question I had to answer was this, what kind of church was this gonna be? What, what would shape our culture 
as a church, our ethos of our way of operating and being, not just as an organization, but as people who made up the church. And one of the first values I wrote down was the one I want to expand on with you now. It's we are for, not against. And this is a value for a time like this. You know, I didn't write this value down over five years ago for this moment that we're living in right now. I, I, I wrote this value down because this value is timeless, transcending even moments like this, speaking into and applying to moments like this. See, we're filming this the week before June 7th, 2020, and we're premiering this on June 7th, 2020. But, but, but if you happen to be listening to this a year from now or a couple of years from now, uh, because we post this on our podcast and it's on our site and it's available for anyone to listen to at any time, let me just remind you of what's taking place in this moment at this time in America. And you can probably look back in history and you'll remember this time because we're living in a history-making moment right now. See, there's this global pandemic that swept the world. I mean, here in America and in other places in the world, the economy has been shut down. Like as of this recording, over 40 million people are unemployed. COVID-19, this disease that's halted the world, has killed over 372,000 people worldwide, over 106,000 people here in America, and there have been over 6 million reported cases worldwide, with almost 2 million cases here in America. And states right now, they're, they're slowly opening back up and trying to figure out what it looks like. And there, and there are people who are screaming for everything to open, and then there are people who are shouting for things to stay shut down. There are people upset about having to wear a mask out in public, and then there are people who think people who don't wear a mask are selfish and inconsiderate. There are people who say people die of the flu and, and we don't shut down for that. And then there are people who, who don't want to go out because uh, they or a loved one are, are more vulnerable and a disease like COVID-19 would uh, be more devastating for them. So, so there's this pandemic happening and, and we've all had our lives interrupted and halted and we've been isolated and and cooped up. We're, we're trying to figure out what today looks like, let alone next week, ne- next month, and, and so on, right? Here's what else is happening in this perfect storm of events, right? This is the moment we're living in. And if you're listening to this a couple of years from now, you know how everything went down and you know what took place. But here in this moment, just recently, another black man, George Floyd, was murdered in broad daylight by a police officer who knelt on this handcuffed man's neck for almost nine minutes. Eight minutes and 46 seconds, slowly asphyxiating him as he said over and over again, I can't breathe. And there were three other officers present, standing watch and bystanders, begging for the cop to get off his neck. And the videos were uploaded for the world to see this man die. And this incident was just the latest to happen after other incidents like Breonna Taylor being shot eight times while she was asleep as police raided her home looking for a suspect they already had in custody. This follows the shooting death of Ahmaud Arbery, which the world got to see on video as an armed white father and son followed him seeking to make a citizen's arrest because they thought he was a criminal. But no arrests where charges in that case were made until Arbery's death video went public. So in this moment right now, 
where tensions and frustration and hurt and pain have just boiled over from years and years of injustice and people are protesting and some are rioting and the brokenness and the dysfunction of humanity because of the results of sin are on display and we're living in this moment of anger and pain and outrage and heartbreak and anxiety and fear. It's a moment of division and despair. It's a moment where, if I'm open with you, without Jesus, I wouldn't know what to do or how to move forward. So this is where we are right now. But again, th this value that we learn from Jesus, being known for what we're for and not what we're against, is a value that teaches us how to have unity and healing and hope, not just in this moment that we find ourselves in in society right now, but in every situation we find ourselves in, in our marriages, our relationships, our workplaces, in everything. Here's this prayer that Jesus prayed for everyone and, um, and anyone who would follow him, making him the, the leader of their life, believing in him and being baptized into him. Here's, here's the prayer that he prayed for us, John 17. I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us, so that the world will believe you sent me. Here's another thing Jesus said in line with this prayer, John chapter 13. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. See, Jesus the Son of God, God Himself, the one who made us and knows us better than we know ourselves. He prayed for you and He prayed for me in this moment, here and now, and in every moment in our lives. He, he prayed that you, me, we would be united in Him. I pray that they will all be one just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. He said, when we're united, the world will look at us and know that Jesus was God's Son, sent for the forgiveness and redemption of us all. How, how, how will the world know that? Right? Because they'll see people from every state and country and political view and race and nationality and age and lifestyle living as one, united and not divided. See, it, it would take an act of God for all of us to be united. Like only God could do something like that. And that's the evidence that he exists when people see we're united. And this is, this is the picture of heaven, right? Revelation chapter seven. After this, I saw a vast crowd, too great to count from every nation and tribe and people and language standing in front of the throne and before the lamb. They were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands and they were shouting with a great roar. Salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. See, heaven is this picture where all people stand together in unity and with one voice proclaim the greatness of God. This picture, this imagery, this reality is one of the things Jesus had in mind when he taught us to pray. Matthew chapter 6, may your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
He said, hey, when you pray, pray that this world will look more like heaven because God's kingdom and his will will reign supreme here. Pray that this world looks more like heaven. So how does heaven look? Heaven looks like unity. How how will this world look more like heaven when we live the life of heaven here and now by living, being known not for what we're against, but for what we're for? And here's why being known for what we're for and not what we're against is so key in coming to unity. See, when I speak about what I'm for, it's a positive thing. And it invites you to come along. When I speak about what I'm against, it's a negative thing. And it invites you to become defensive, right? See, being for is building. Being against is tearing down. And yes, listen, sometimes you have to tear down to build. And yes, if you're for some things, it means you're against some things because you can't be for everything. But in our approach, if we're gonna reach unity in our marriage, in our friendships, in our church, in our job, in our society, we have to begin by seeking common ground, understanding what it is we're for. See, we live in a society where we've lost the understanding of how to disagree and still love. See, our construct is one where if if you don't agree with me, if you think differently than me, if you vote differently than me, if you believe differently than me, then I don't want much to do with you, uh, so I'm done with you. And and we gravitate to those who are like us and and easily become more entrenched in our own thoughts and beliefs and mindsets and views and attitudes, creating these silos that just feed what we already believe. Listen, it's vital for us to focus on what we're for. Here's why. Because if we can keep coming back to what we agree on, then this thing that we have contention on, we can talk about it. And not as enemies but as allies, because we're for this and this and this and this and this and this and this. We're for all these things. And what we find is that we're actually for more than what we're against. So we're not opposing one another. We're standing with one another, seeking to be united together. See, the problem when we're known for what we're against when we live from a posture of being against, is we can be so similar, uh, we can be so for so many things, but we never see this unity and, and these similarities uh, that, that we have, we never see them because we're focused on this one thing that, that we don't see eye to eye on, right? And we allow this one thing or, or those few things that we're against that we don't see eye to eye on become the determining factors of division between us. So what if, what if we approach life not from a standpoint with, with, do I agree with what you're saying or do I disagree with it? Because, because that, that's how most responses are started and stated, aren't they? I mean, wh- whether it's in, um, in person or on someone's feed, uh, someone says something and automatically, automatically, the response is, well, I disagree with or I agree with. And, and, and what if we just approach one another, not filtering people and thoughts and ideas through this grid of do I agree or do I disagree? Well, I, I, I disagree, so I'm writing you off and, and I'm going to go to war with you. I, I, I agree, so I have your back until I disagree with something that you say and then I'll write you off. But what, what if instead of responding with I agree or disagree, what if we responded with this approach of I just want to listen and understand and learn 
and see what needs to change in me or how I can grow from this. I mean, what if, what if we let the words of James, Jesus' brother, be our response and approach to one another? Here's what James said. Again, Jesus' brother, this guy who spent time with Jesus, he said, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to get angry. Human anger doesn't produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts for it has the power to save your souls. You know, I never saw this before in, in reading this passage and I've read it hundreds of times, but James says to get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives right after instructing us to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. So watch, when I'm slow to listen, the opposite. When I'm quick to speak and I'm quick to become angry, according to James, that's filthy and evil. Why? Because it leads to division and Jesus' desire for me and for you is that we would be united in him, not divided. And you've seen the division, haven't you? I mean, the best place to see our dysfunction and division is all over social media. And listen, social media isn't the problem. We are because we are the ones posting our division. I mean, just in the past few weeks, we've posted our division over masks or no masks. Black lives matter. All lives matter. Cops lives matter. Protests, riots, indifference, silence, Democrat, Republican, COVID's real, COVID's a conspiracy. It's like the only thing we aren't divided on is the truth that Carol Baskin killed her husband. <laughs> and if you're listening to this two years from now, that's a Tiger King reference, but you already know Tiger King. You watched it. It was a documentary that came out in 2020. Anyway, this is a historical year. But when we, when we become the kind of people who are known for what we're for and not what we're against, then we adopt this approach where we wonder, what do we have in common, right? What do we resonate with? What's the solid ground we can both stand on? I mean, wherever you're having disagreements in life, if it's in a relationship, if it's at home, at school, at work, in church, in society, wherever there's a disconnect, we stop. What if we did this? We stopped. We became quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, and found the common ground moving forward with what we were for. So look, stop the disagreements in your marriage. Find out what you're for and move forward from that place. Stop the bitterness in your friendship. Figure out what you're for and move forward from that unity. Stop the divisiveness in politics, race, economics, religion, lifestyles. Find what you're for and allow that to be the uniting factor to bring together two seemingly opposing sides. Because often what we're fighting for is similar, but we're fighting over our differences in that. So what are you for? What are you for? Here's what I'm for. I wanna see if you can get with me on this. I'm for love. I'm for grace. I'm for hope. 
I'm for joy, I'm for equality, I'm for justice, I'm for peace, I'm for forgiveness, I'm for kindness, I'm for understanding, I'm for goodness, I'm for gentleness, I'm for reconciliation, I'm for redemption, I'm for life, I'm for freedom, and I'm for the power of the resurrection to reign supreme in my life, in your life, so that together we can stand united as a picture of heaven here on earth. See, if the Ukes who wore blue and ate their bread with the butter side up and the Zooks who wore orange and ate their bread with the butter side down just took a moment to look past their differences to see just how similar they were, perhaps an arms race never would have happened and the wall that divided them could have come crashing down as they worked together to live in unity and harmony with one another. If only if only they chose to be known for what they were for and not what they were against. What will you be known for? Thanks so much for listening. We pray God inspires, challenges, and motivates you to become greater through what you've just heard. Again, be sure to check us out at wearetherising.com. Remember, your best days are still ahead. 